Welcome to Storytime with T.L. Rutledge. Your narrator today will be Jeff Lynn from the Palm to Face podcast. Hello, this is your narrator speaking. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. Chapter 3 Surprising Discoveries, 1204, Greece. Marcus awoke in a charred clearing, surrounded by patches of tall, brown grass. His clothes were nothing but thin shreds of fabric, as if his body had expanded and tore them apart at the seams. The blades of grass swayed in the breeze, barely covering the top of his body and leaving him exposed to the elements and enemies. The scorching sun beat down on him where he lay, without a single cloud in the sky to give him relief. He realized then that he could hear birds singing as they flew overhead. Marcus continued to survey his surroundings, still in a daze and unaware of his transformation the night before. Where am I? He knew he was no longer anywhere around Constantinople. How did I get here? And what happened to my clothes? He started to stand but collapsed immediately. He clutched his heaving chest as he tried to steady his breath. His body ached as if someone had beat him with a hammer from the inside. Why does it feel like my body's on fire? He groaned in pain and looked down at his chest, expecting to find a large bleeding wound, but instead he only saw some old scars. Reaching around to check his back, he discovered an unfamiliar gash on his shoulder. Marcus crawled to his knees as he continued to gain further awareness of where he was. In the distance, he spotted a small, run-down dwelling and felt a strange urge to investigate it. He couldn't explain the feeling, but not knowing what else to do, he gave in to it. He struggled to stand, staggering for a few paces until he finally gained his bearings. Slowly, he made his way to the small home. Marcus hated being exposed in defenses like this, and he had a feeling that this little cottage would hold the answers he sought. Therefore, reaching the cottage became his sole mission. The cottage was covered in moss and looked abandoned. Nothing stirred when he reached the old wooden door. He cautiously opened the door and the hinges creaked softly. Marcus stepped inside and peered around the door. Without warning, a crow squawked disapprovingly and flew right past his face, then out the door. Marcus had to catch his breath and slow his heart after the scare the bird gave him. Some warrior I am, he chided himself. Once again, Marcus peered into the cottage, which appeared to have been empty for quite a long time. Dense cobwebs stretched across every corner. A thick blanket of dust covered the floor and even a section of the foundation had collapsed. That crow had built a nest which was now dangling out of an old cupboard. What importance could this place possibly have? Marcus wondered to himself. Although it made little sense given the circumstances, he still felt compelled to search the cottage. Other than the bird, all other signs of life had abandoned this home. Still Marcus continued cautiously as he moved through the cottage and searched for whatever it was he thought he was going to find. With each step, the floorboards creaked beneath him. He walked down the hall and reached what was once a dining room, with the tables and chairs untouched and covered in dust. Then he took a turn into another room that must have once been the kitchen. He searched the pantry for any food he could find, but came up empty. Next, he found a bedroom and searched for clothes, but again, he found nothing. He walked back to the front door, but as he passed the dining room again, something caught his eye. He walked back into the room and looked under the table. Is that a door latch in the middle of the floor? He wondered. He examined it closely, 
and found it was exactly that. For some strange reason, the homeowners had built a small hatch into the middle of the floor. How did I not see this before? He asked himself as he slid the dining table out of the way. He knelt down and grabbed the handle of the trap door and yanked it. The door was heavier than he initially realized, and he had to use almost all of his strength to open it. When he did, the handle slipped out of his grasp and the door clattered to the floor, sending a cloud of dust up into his face. Marcus coughed and waved the dust away. When he lifted the door again, he noticed that it descended into a small room under the floor. It too was dark and dusty, much like the rest of the house. He hesitated before descend descending the ladder to the hidden room below. Usually, he never hesitated to do anything. He was often described by Alexander as an impulse thinker. This time, however, Marcus felt that for some reason he shouldn't descend the ladder. In spite of this, his curiosity won out and he gingerly climbed down the ladder into the damp, musty room. When he reached the bottom, the cold stone floor chilled his bare feet. Even the air itself was cold and dank, and he could almost see his own breath like puffs of smoke. There was no light in the room, but the light from the open hatch revealed the chamber was almost the same size as the house above. Stones lined the floors and walls, and wooden shelves towered to the ceiling, filled with old books and jars covered in spider webs. Termite-eaten tables and chairs, caked in dust, sat in the middle of the room, with more books stacked on top of them, and old maps spread across them. On the opposite side of the room, a narrow window, like that in a prison cell, had been carved out of the stone wall. The remnants of an old flag lay wrinkled on the floor beside where Marcus stood. He didn't recognize the insignia, and it was so old and torn that it was even hard to decipher. The symbol appeared to be something like a cross. Marcus approached one of the tables and leaned over to look at the maps, hoping they would tell him where he was. After looking over several maps, he guessed that he ended up in Greece. He had little luck figuring out exactly where in Greece. All the maps were of various lands, France, Germany, Romania, England, Greece, Italy, and Norway. Each map had some locations circled with arrows pointing to other locations. Marcus didn't know a lot about maps, but he did know battle movements. The symbols on the maps were exactly that. Someone had planned an attack, yet Marcus couldn't see the point. All the circled locations had no strategic value whatsoever. He turned away from the maps and focused his attention on the old bookshelf. As he dusted off the books, he read each of the titles. Ares, the God of War, Tales of the First Crusade, Lycanthropy, Brutes, Legends or Myths, an Exhaustive History of Transylvania, Legends of Lundy, Lost History, Vampirism. He stopped and went back to the book titled Legends of Lundy and pulled it off the shelf. He gently turned the pages of the aged and yellow manuscript. He could hardly believe what he saw in those pages. 1174, Lundy, England. Richard, Thane of Lundy, ventured into the deep caverns beneath Lundy Castle. No man has ever gone into the caverns or dared to map them. This was the first exploration of its time. Above the entrance of the cave, carved into the stone in Latin script, was a warning that read, Death awaits. Many have tried to discover what the warning truly means, but were unsuccessful. All returned out of fear did not return at all. Years later, it was said that Richard had confided in only one man, his brother Michael. What he truly saw when he ventured into the caverns, Michael had many excursions into the deep places of the world and hardly spoke of any of them. When he returned, he was, though he too confided in his brother. 
They are the only two to know what exactly happened in the depths of Lundy. Richard's general telling of his exploits and discoveries was sent to Michael, and after he passed, it was left in my possession. It does not give much detail about what is down there, though it described more than normal for a secretive and reserved man like Richard. Marcus stopped reading and pondered what he just read. Father never told me any of this. I never knew he had a brother. The caverns? I thought they were only stories Father told me as a child. His mind raced as he turned the page. The next page had his father's journal transcribed into it. Journal of Richard, Thane of Lundy. 1174, Lundy, England. As I descended into the deep, dark world below Lundy, a thought troubled my mind. What if I don't return? I also could not help but wonder. What if there's nothing to fear at all? As I began my journey into the cavern, I noticed the air quickly become abnormally cold, like the first frost of winter, and yet thick, like the humidity of a July afternoon. The stone steps were cased with ice, and were so slick at times that I had to grab hold of the worn rope leading me down. When I reached the bottom, the air was still cold, but suddenly became thin, which made it quite difficult to breathe. Still, I lit my torch and continued on. The cavern was enormous, stretching on for miles, it seemed, just one great big room underneath my home. There was no movement, seemingly no life in the cavern, which was no surprise, for the air was too thin and cold for any creature to survive in this place. It stood to reason that the rest of the chamber would be just as bleak. I decided to make my way back to the surface and consider this venture a failure. Just as I reached the first step back up to the surface, a cold gust of wind rushed by me from behind. A sharp, cold chill ran down my spine. For the first time being down here, I felt it. I felt fear. I quickly turned around, swinging my torch, only to find nothing there. Then another gust blew from behind me again, and I turned again to find nothing still. Some presence was down here with me, I could feel it. The air cannot blow from down here, for there is no wind. This was too intriguing to walk away from, so I willed myself to stay, despite the persistent feeling that I was not alone. I set up camp at the bottom of the steps where I stood with my sword and torch in hand. It took some time, but the fire I made was comforting, though not sufficiently warm. As it lit up a great part of the room, I could swear I saw shadows quickly move, as if fleeing the light. Midnight was closing in, and my eyes were getting heavy. Two reasons kept me from sleep. However, first, the obvious, was that the cold would soon overcome me if I succumbed to drowsiness. But even more disturbing was that the longer I sat there, the more sure I became that not only was there a presence down here with me, but it was a malevolent one at that. As I was thinking on this, another incident occurred. Something had come up from behind me, and I felt an icy, cold hand touch my shoulder. Even through all my layers of clothing, it felt as though it were actually touching my skin. As soon as I swung my torch around, it vanished. I couldn't make out its appearance, but something or something was down here. I had to find out what was lurking below my home. After a seemingly endless night of sitting upright in the cold cavern without any rest, I was weary and considered returning to the surface. Whatever entity resided there did not wish to be disturbed. Still, the ever-curious part of me did not want to leave until I found out what that entity was. I decided to take one more look around the cavern before I departed.
I started my trek through the cavern once again, and I was determined to walk all the way to end this time. When I reached the point I had not yet gone into the previous night, I had only taken a few steps when my senses were assaulted by a gut-wrenching stench. I couldn't place what it was, but I was growing sicker by the moment. There was a crunching beneath my boots, so I eliminated the floor with my torch to reveal a human skull smashed beneath my feet. As I lit the path in front of me, it revealed more human skeletons. I was alarmed, but perplexed, as skeletons should not smell like this. As I looked further on, I saw them. Massacred, bloodied bodies, ripped to shreds, an arm here, a finger there, what looked like it used to be a foot. Mangled human remains were strewn everywhere. The corpses' decomposing faces were frozen in an air of expression of what I can only describe as pure horror. What could have caused this macabre scene that still haunts my memory even now? I attempted to identify the bodies that were somewhat intact, but none of them looked even vaguely familiar. Who were these people? How did they get here? Where did they come from? I made my way back to camp in haste, only to find that my camp was gone. At first I thought it was lost, but I wasn't. Something took my campsite. I looked up the stairs to see that no light peeked through as it had just before I left, though it had only been a few hours. All I possessed now was my torch, my sword, and my journal, so I began my ascent. When I finally reached the mouth of the cavern, I used my sword to carve a warning into the rock that marked the entrance. Tab Moore's expected, which translates into English as Death awaits. To be certain this information never fell into the wrong hands, I decided to send my journal to you, Michael. If anyone can unravel this mystery, I know you can. Godspeed, my brother. Marcus closed the book, set it down on the table, and sat in the rotted chair beside it, reeling from all he just read. Endless questions raced through his mind. What did he find down there? What, was that what killed him? But then why did he not kill him right then, as exploring the cavern? What could my father's journal be doing in Greece, of all places? Who was the man that received his journal after my uncle died? 1174 is when my parents first met. I wonder if this meeting had anything to do with him not further exploring the caverns. In a sea of questions, Marcus knew one thing. He needed to find his brother. He had a strong feeling that Alexander would look for him at Lundy. He tore out the pages with his father's journal transcribed. Then he stood from the chair and walked over to what appeared to be a cabinet. Inside, he found an old animal skin that he could use for warmth, though it wasn't much. The fur had worn thin, but it had to do for now. He wrapped himself in it, took one last glance around the room, and climbed back up the ladder into the strange little dwelling above him. He reached the top of the ladder and closed the dusty trapdoor behind him. He had the inexplicable feeling that he would have the need to return to this house in the future, but he needed to find a way to keep the secrets below safe. He decided to do what his father had done back in the cavern. He found a stone with a sharp edge and carved a warning in the mount above the door of the house. Death awaits. With the animal skin upon his back, he walked through the dry brown grass toward the equally dead-looking fields ahead. The sun was still hot and burning down upon him, and he was thankful to find some manner of clothing to protect him from the harsh rays. By using humor and experience, Palm the Face provides solutions to enhance productivity 
efficiency, organization, and communication by confronting problems and creating solutions. Palm to Face is geared toward IT people, single guys, and young couples. For more information about Palm to Face, head on over to palmtoface.com or find Palm to Face podcast right here on Spotify. For more information regarding my Archangel Chronicles, please head on over to tlrutledge.com. There you will learn more about characters, create uh, characters, organizations, and creatures uh, in this series, as well as a quick link to this podcast and other information. Thank you for listening to Chapter 3, Surprising Discoveries. Chapter 4, Searching for Answers, will be coming soon.